Welcome to Web of Tomorrow. I'm Adam Garrett-Harris, and today we've got Kai Hohenberger, who is the creator of Emotion. So I actually wanted to start with a tweet that you put out a couple weeks, maybe a week ago. Okay. It says, I'm a developer today because the web guy where I works got fired for fighting an umpire at a soft company softball game. That, yep, that story. That that true? Uh, that happened, yeah, it happened about, uh, I think about five years ago now, maybe a little longer. But yeah, I was just an IT guy, and uh, he got into a fight at the, with the umpire at the softball game uh, for that company, and they needed somebody to fill in like that day, so I just said, I'll do it. And I Googled and read my way through. Nice. Yeah. that's how you became so before that you didn't have any programming experience uh just very little html pages very little awesome so yeah very quickly um well so emotion is a a css and js library right it is so what what is css and js i think of it as um you have your your HTML, your CS, CSS, and your JS. Uh, I mean, those are the three components that make up a web page. And we're basically, instead of writing CSS and CSS files, we're using JavaScript APIs to write CSS in JavaScript. Uh, there's a great article on CSS and JS by Mark Dalglish. Dalglish. Okay. And uh, we can post that link, but it goes through everything that is CSS and JS. And it highlights five really good points. Um, I can go over them real quickly. Does that one talk about emotion or is it too new? uh, It doesn't. It came out right before emotion did. Um, But the principles still apply. And it actually relates to how uh, what emotion does and what uh, emotion optimizes. So five of those those points we can basically check off with emotion. What What are the points? So uh, he talks about scoping your styles. You don't have to worry about global style pollution. Um, He talks about extracting critical CSS. So we only deliver the CSS to the client that they are actually needing at that specific time, whatever the HTML is actually asking for. We aren't sending extra CSS styles. Um, We could do some smarter optimizations. Um, We can code split. We can dead code eliminate. We can do all kinds of stuff like that. there's package management. I'm not sure on that one. And uh, non-browser styling. We haven't done this in Motion, but you could use CSS and JS to target other environments other than the DOM. So like, like, React, Native. like React Native, yeah. Yeah. So with with critical CSS, is I was under the impression that that means that you put the very most critical CSS in the head of your HTML and then maybe some non-critical stuff down at the bottom of the body. That's exactly what uh, we recommend you do and like that you can do. Uh, we, we provide a function that uh, you give it the HTML of your page and you give it the, uh, the styles that you have generated and it gives you back a string of all, like the CSS string that you can insert into the head of your document. And that uh, is only the CSS that's used at that time. So nothing extra. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just watching something that talked about package management. 
it just talks about making it easier to um, share styles and like style third-party components if there's like a if you can just do it in the JavaScript uh, a lot of times when you are let's uh, let's just use something like react modal or something where uh, you have to basically provide your own style sheet or do inline styles to provide uh, to give that those styles to uh, I think it's react modal does this still but now you if you had an API where you're using CSS and JS you can just pass the CSS prop to it and then it creates the class names like you don't, yeah. You don't have to think about creating the class names or targeting the class names. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it makes it much easier to work with third-party uh, components. So why, why did you make Emotion? Um, emotion originally started as uh, Sunil Pai. He goes by 3.1 on Twitter. Uh, it was his glam library, which was a light and fast, his next vision, I guess. And it kind of iterated on where glamour began. Um, I started writing plugins that worked on top of glam that added features for React and some other, other little features. Uh, he eventually gave me contributor access, and I started to move to add these features back into Glam, and we realized that it should probably go the other way. And because I was working on it uh, quite a bit, and so we just merged Glam into Emotion. Uh, well, not merged, we just started taking all the ideas from it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was that, we had his blessing. And uh, so I, I didn't want to just like take, take code or whatever, so. Yeah. Uh, that's where it started, and I just kept going on it and iterating and iterating, and it's, it is where it is now. Cool. So what uh, what kind of problems were you trying to solve with with Emotion that Glam didn't? Um, React support was the main thing. Uh, if you want to integrate with like a third-party uh, like React or Vue or something like that, and you wanted to create a custom component, because of the way Glam compiles everything down, you would have to write these intermediate hacks in the Babel. So you'd have to transform it once and then let Glam transform it and then transform it again. Hmm. So it was a really complicated process. It was very hacky. And by merging the two code bases, we were able to, uh, I was, you know, I have access now to the internal APIs. So, mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's any original Glam code left or anything like that. So that's funny to think about. <laughs> um, so, so how do you use Emotion? You use it. Um, you basically just install it, and you add the Babel plugin. And I recommend running inline mode, which you can find in the README. Uh, it's just easier to deal with. And that, that's all you do, uh, and you write your styles. It looks very much like style components, if you're familiar with that. Uh, we don't support everything that style components does, but we, we have different ways of doing uh, those features. Uh, I, we Right now, we have a version 7 uh, beta, and I recommend people try that out for us and get some, some, bug fix, some bugs reported. Uh, it's pretty stable uh, with string styles. 
So you mentioned inline mode. What's what's the other mode? Uh, we have a mode called extract static. And what that does is any string that uh, the parser comes across that is a style and there's no expressions, there's no interpola interpolations, um, it, we can extract that into an external CSS file and we just we re replace the CSS call with a string class name. We can do it all at compile time. So uh, this gives users an option to have everything extracted like they are have been doing you know their entire career where you have an external CSS file um, it's automatically imported for you you don't have to worry about it okay as um, opposed it, to uh, the inline mode it some stuff happens mode, at, at runtime inline mode it's all uh, it's very heavily cached but it is all done at runtime uh, it's basically, we took the core of Glamour, which is another CSS and JS library that has fantastic composition. And what we do is we turn your, your string styles into objects that the Glamour core understands. And because they're just objects, we can now compose multiple classes into one via like MapReduce. And this gives us a huge advantage as far as composition um, and with dynamic styles. Okay. So inline mode gives you a lot more dynamic stuff you can do. It does. Cool. Yes. Uh, what's the browser compatibility on the two modes? Uh, they work IE 11 and up anything. Actually, I think the react supports, I don't, um, that's a brave statement, but I know for sure IE 11 and above. Okay. Previous versions used, uh, CSS variables. And it really confused people. Oh, and so we, we dropped that. And you can actually do it yourself. You can you can, CSS variables just work. Okay. Um, you set the inline you set the variables inline via inline styles, and you just uh, read the variables in your object styles or string styles. Cool. So um, I was looking at the the medium post about emotion, and the first thing that stood out to me is this kind of weird syntax with uh, string string template literals or yes yeah whatever it's called <laughs> yeah uh, tag template literals tag template literals so how how does that work you you've got like const image base equals CSS and then the tick mark and then you've got your CSS inside of there so a tag template literal is is a fancy way to write a function where you have an array of strings as the first argument. Okay. And anything that is dynamic, they go in order, there are additional arguments on that, that, that function gets called with. So you end up with like uh, a string, an array of strings, and then a list of arguments that are the dynamic values or expressions in that template object. Okay. Um, then all you have to do is you loop over them and combine them together, back together, and you get you can you you can return a string, you can return a function, you can return anything from them. Um, they're just a, a different way to write a function. So you can do. You can what kind of more interesting things can you do, inside of that template literal? 
um, you can, in the React component called Styled, it's a higher order component, you can actually have your expressions can actually be functions and you get the props. So you can have a dynamic value that, that changes based on your prop value. Cool. Uh, so you can have functions yeah. in there as well? You can have functions and they get called with the with the props at the at the time of render. Cool. Yeah. Uh, does emotion also work with like pseudo selectors and media queries? Yes, emotion has support for nested uh, media queries, any at rules. Um, you can do font faces with the special function, and you can inject globally with the with the with the right API. You can do what globally? Uh, you can inject styles that are global, like as an escape hatch. Or um, huh. this this happens frequently, like if you're running a Next JS app or server side rendering, and you have a, a set of styles that are are global. You know, your head, the body, the HTML element, things like that. So if you need to style those, you have that opportunity. Okay. You have that tool. Okay. So, emotion is basically just normal CSS, but it has a few other things, right? Like you mentioned, uh, what did you mention earlier? Oh, like oh, you can have the functions. Like you mentioned nesting, but then also yes. this thing called composes. Composes comes from CSS modules. It you list out a a, a set of class names. Uh, via expressions or interpolations, and you, and what it'll do is it'll actually mix in all of those styles uh, as like a base that you're building on. Okay. Uh, they're similar. They're similar. I can't. Are they mix-ins in SAS? Yeah. Something like that. I, I'm not sure, but they're very powerful. Uh, the difference with Emotion and CSS modules is CSS modules just appends that class name as like another selector. Uh, whereas we are actually taking the underlying styles and merging them. So you get predictable, consistent uh, composition with your styles. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What else, uh, what other libraries go well with Emotion? Uh, there's a couple of them. My favorite is called Styles System. And it, and we talked earlier about how you can use functions uh, from the props, and you can get the prop values out to have dynamic styles based on props. What styled system does is you basically compose in a bunch of pre-built function calls. So it adds the ability to just set a, for instance, instead of typing margin, you can just type m because it'll it'll set the margin to whatever p.m is. So it has a lot of these shortcuts and uh, things like this adds a lot of functionality really quickly. So styled system is just like a bunch of uh, bunch of shortcuts for things. It is. Yeah, that sounds a lot like um, like Atomic CSS or Tachyons. Have you are you familiar? It does with those? have a similar. Yes, it does have a similar vibe. Uh, it's a little more controlled because it. It's extending, it's extending your style block with extra functionality. It's kind of like uh, it, it messes with your brain if you really think about it. Uh, I don't know how he thought of it, but he's adding all this functionality, uh, 
and with arts, with composes, it, it, the no brainer, it's just super easy. Cool. So what does theming do? You can provide a theme at, as a provider at the top level of your app or actually anywhere, but you pass in a, a, a style object and you can put things in there like uh, the size of your font, your colors. It's basically like a variables file. And once you use that, once you set that up, you now have access to it on the props of any styled element. So, uh, like we were talking about earlier, you can do props.margin. Well, you could do props.theme.margin. You don't, and it's just automatically there. Cool. And so you can have this consistent system running throughout your app. Uh, where I'm working right now, we, we do uh, really cool things with the theme. Uh, we have all of our breakpoints, uh, all of our measurements and widths and offsets and the uh, like scaling values are all in our theme. And so when we want to do a breakpoint, we just do theme.breakpoints and then the zero through five okay. of an array. Cool. So, yeah. So does, uh, does Emotion only work with React or does it work with other frameworks? Uh, it, it can work with anything uh, that you build a component for. We used to have a view component just as a proof of concept, um, just to show that it could be done. Uh, we took it out. It was a little bit too much to maintain all of those, but uh, you can build a comp the component. It's very simple. Uh, if you just want to call CS the CSS function and generate a class right there and just append that, you can append it to anything. Uh, you don't even have to use a, a framework. You could just use regular HTML and JS. Yeah, cool. So how did you how did you come with a name for Emotion and also the uh, logo? The name, I have a list of words that are not taken on NPM oh. that, I hold, that I hold very dearly, that I've collected. And uh, it was one of the, the best names available I saw. And the logo was drawn by a friend of mine. And uh, I used the, the emoji version, uh, and, but I didn't scale really well and I didn't like the microphone and it didn't work on... Twitter and stuff, so I uh, commissioned that icon. Uh, it turned out really great, I think. What was the what was the original emoji? It was the, the it was it looked just like that. It's the the girl rock musician. Oh, the Apple okay. rock musician. Yeah, so it seems to be kind of a trend among these like CSS and JS to use an emoji for the logo. It, it does, and I originally I had that emoji, and I was like, I want to do something a little more special, so I paid my friend to make me a logo. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so, so how is it different from other CSS and JS libraries? Emotion focuses as much as possible on pre-processing what you, uh, your styles at compile time. Uh, most other libraries do some expensive things at runtime. Uh, they can be, they're cached, but they still have to run through them. Uh, they have to parse the styles, uh, whether they're strings or objects. I mean, they need to be parsed. And that includes auto prefixing and expanding fallbacks. And those are just loops on loops. And you're just building up runtime costs. Uh, we do prefix, auto prefixing. Uh, we expand the, 
the fallbacks and uh, we obviously parse the styles at compile time. So we just completely just knock those out. We just don't deal with those. Mm-hmm. Um, we use most libraries models of composition are a little different. We rely on the composes property because it's predictable. Uh, in style components, for example, you can interpolate or have an expression anywhere and it just works, which is an awesome feature. Uh, we can't do that just yet. So we use the composes property. Um, we also, I, we haven't seen any others that have an extract static mode where it pulls out the extract, the static styles into an external CSS file and imports it for you. Uh, so you could potentially have no runtime costs at all. Uh, those are the big differences. Cool. Yeah, so you've got this chart here that shows how fast the mount time and re-render time is. It looks yeah. super fast. Yeah, so this benchmark, uh, it's a love-hate relationship. It does great comparing against yourself, uh, but comparing against others is kind of a, a crapshoot. Um, the whole trick to this is that if you use an inline style, you get a massive speed boost. And you, and if you're doing what this benchmark is doing, you usually want to do an inline style for the highly dynamic values. Like say you're, you're changing, uh, even if you're just changing like a translation X over 60 frames per second, I mean, that's a quite a frequent update. So it, sometimes it's better to use inline styles. But what I was really trying to show with, with this benchmarks is that even though we're not using inline styles, we're still on par with using with libraries that are using inline styles. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what I really wanted to show. Um, and I, I think I, got, I almost got that point across. Uh, uh, I know style components is really making progress. I've been really impressed with style JSS's performance. Uh, I've also, uh, if you run, the reason why the CSS mode is so fast is because the CSS function calls are compiled down to just strings. So all you're doing is appending a string to the class name okay. and rendering it. So there's, I mean, there's no overhead. Uh, that's all there is to it. it it's just that, that quick. Cool. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the internals of how it actually works? So, Emotion works at compile time by uh, whenever we get to something in Babel that looks like a CSS uh, template call or a styled call, we stop and we say, is, is this really one of our styles? And if it is, we take all the strings and we replace all of the expressions in that tag template literal with placeholders. And we build up this string of, of styles. We can then give that string to post CSS. And we run the standard, we have a standard post CSS parser on the string. So we have all those features. We, flat, we flatten out the nested structure. And while we're doing that, we count the number of placeholders for the dynamic values. And we parse and remove the composes because they're special. And then the final and the the real step is converting it to an object. We take all your string styles and we convert it to something that Glamour's core can understand. 
Once they're in the objects, we auto-prefix them, and we expand all the, the fallback values. And then you have an object. We then turn that object into an AST object, abstract syntax tree that Babel can understand, and we just replace what you had written as a string with an object. The Emotion Core will pick up this object that we've created at runtime, and it runs it through this battle-tested core that combines all the styles, does all the composition, handles everything for you, and it caches stuff so heavily. And so we get this high-performance kind of hybrid CSS and JS library. And I think we're at a really good place right now as far as uh, that. That's awesome. Um, I'm, su I'm super impressed you went from... Five five years ago, not pro not being a programmer to building something like this. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did have, I did go to school for computer science, but I like dropped out of computer science really quickly. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it was much more fun in the mass communications building. Cool. Yeah, it's also really cool how you're using things that didn't exist not that long ago, like Babel and. Uh, did you say post-CSS? Post-CSS. Yeah. Yeah, we... I actually didn't know anything about how to write a Babel plugin before starting to work on Emotion. Emotion's original Babel plugins were very simple. They just transformed Glam's code into something that uh, I could understand so that I could use it with React. And I was very fortunate that that was the limited scope of that because I learned so much from the Babel types uh, repo and the Babel handbook, but I wouldn't have been able to put that knowledge into place in a larger scope, uh, or like a larger scoped feature. Like these were very simple focused ideas that I was able to take this newfound knowledge and apply it on. Uh, Post CSS, uh, I it's a great little library. I, uh, I was kind of intimidated for the longest time, but it is awesome to use. Uh, they did a really great job. Cool. So, learning how to write a Babel pl plugin, would you say that helped you understand JavaScript better? Oh, definitely. Uh, terminology, internal characteristics of um, what you're writing. Um, I now see, when I'm writing code, I now see it, almost see the AST. Um, and I haven't been, I'm uh, not that much of an expert, right? I I will never claim to be that much of an expert Babel plugin, but I can start to see how things are would translate into AST on the fly, you know? You start to see those things. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So you understand the syntax on a more deep level. Yes. And Babel has so cool. many handy functions and hidden gems. It's It's actually kind of fun to go... Because not there's so many utilities and such that just aren't documented, but they're there. And when you find one, you're so happy. Cool. Do you do you happen to know who uh, or what companies are using Emotion? I don't think anybody is using Emotion uh, like at a large scale yet. Uh, I work for Healthline. I'm doing contract work for Healthline, which is the number two medical site on the net. And uh, we are slowly moving over to emotion. Um, a lot of the, the bug fixes you're seeing and things like that are coming from 
experimenting in a production environment with a huge code base. So uh, the progress is going really fast now. Cool. Do you have a, a roadmap for future features? Uh, right now, the main goal is getting object styles to be first-class citizens. Uh, they're auto-prefixed uh, at compile time, so you don't have. So they are even compiled uh, and processed. Um, we're working on extracting static objects, which is really fun. So if you if you write your 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 styles as objects, and that's how you like to do it, which I do, so I understand. Uh, if they're static, then they'll just get extracted. That's that's a that's a goal. It's a big goal. I think we're really close. Uh, we have working concepts and stuff. Cool. Yeah. So when you write them as an object, then it would be camel case instead of with a hyphen. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. And as yeah. long as none of your your keys or values or uh, variables or expressions, then it'll just pull it right out. So. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's it. I don't have any more questions unless there's anything else you want to say. So create React app. They're not going to allow custom Babel plugins. Oh. They just don't allow it. Um, yeah. But they are thinking about adding in macros. Hmm. And macros are... You just import the macro and you use it like any other CSS function or style function, but the macro will mm -hmm. convert on the fly to what it's supposed to be, if that makes sense. So they're like tiny little wow. Babel plugins, and emotion That's emotion cool. support it has the macros already, so we're ready to go for that. No, I think that's great um, because I mean I just saw someone tweet the other day. Every time they use Create React app, they're like. Don't eject, don't eject, don't eject. Yeah, I I understand where they're coming from uh, as far as like supporting because it's a wild west of Babel plugins out there. Uh, I couldn't imagine what would break and what wouldn't and all that. So, but macros are kind of constrained and they're localized. So it's much easier to debug and to create isolated cases. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, no problem. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. you should go subscribe to web of tomorrow on your favorite podcast player if you haven't already and follow web of tomorrow on twitter or youtube and leave a review on itunes thanks i appreciate it and now for something completely different here's a song called good morning moon by marion call Lately. 
Who's to say we're upside down? Who's to say we're falling if we miss the ground? Who's to say we're going nowhere if we like spinning around and round? currently on tour across the U.S. and Canada. You can find out more at marioncall.com.